This is episode number 12, Interview with Carl Wagner, part one. All right, we are here. This is another episode of uh, Texas Tenor Podcast, and uh, I'm glad we um, uh, have available for this podcast my man Carl Wagner. And Carl, let me talk a little bit about Carl. Carl is a good friend of mine here in the Fort Worth area who helps me in numerous ways uh, from the standpoint of writing music. We've written some music together. Uh, One of the songs that was featured uh, that we wrote together is uh, on Prevail, tune Impulse. And also Carl plays keys as well as saxophone and we've been um, able to uh, you know I've had him on gigs with me and uh, you know here recently he's been working with me with uh, mixing and mastering and some of the production work for the new CD forever so uh, without further ado I want to introduce you all to Carl what's happening Carl hey what's up Kumar all righty. Cool, man. Glad you can uh, spend some time here on the call. I know you, you're pretty busy with all of your students and productions and stuff you're working on. Yeah, it's all good, man. I'm uh, happy I could be a part of it. Okay, cool, man. So I just wanted to get an opportunity to interview you, bring you on, and introduce you to some of the people listening out there who, um, you know, follow some of the stuff that I post and share on YouTube and also the music that I've uh, released and kind of talk about um, this new project, of course, Forever, which is the new release. And, um, yeah, so how was that experience for you working on this project, like mixing and mastering it? Uh, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I, I saw it as a as a great opportunity, uh, just knowing you and um, you know over the years and just hearing your music, and uh, I, I knew that it was a, it was going to be a great opportunity to be able to do something uh, like this. So uh, I was you know hearing the music that was involved in the on this project, um, and I just I felt like. You know, it, it was something that was uh, that spoke to me, and um, I feel like um, just just being able to uh, mix it and master it in a way that that would uh, just make it come out clear enough for the listeners to hear it and to appreciate it. Um, I saw the importance of that, so um, mm-hmm. I wanted to be the man for that challenge. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing the thing I wanted to point out too, you know, uh, for those out there, you know, it's it's something when you have somebody who understands where you're coming from, and of course, it's a few different elements that go into it um, when when we talk about chemistry and working with people, because one of the elements, you know, we're both from Fort Worth. And uh, we're basically kind of somewhat indirectly uh, influenced by some of the same 
people, you know, in the mm-hmm. area. And, uh, you know, another, you went to, did you went to Weatherford College too after you left here, right? Right, yeah. So I, I you know, I grew up in Fort Worth all my life, graduated from Dunbar High School and uh, ended up going to Weatherford College. And, uh, I mean, it was so many great players. Uh, um, you know, the, the influence that Weatherford, uh, there were a lot of cats from Fort Worth, like, uh, coming out of ODY, coming out of Dunbar, but then you had Dallas, you had uh, the Arts Magnet, and you had uh, so many mm-hmm. kids coming from there that would go to Weatherford. And um, we all had kind of similar tastes as far as, like, we listened to gospel, we listened to uh, R&B funk, and we listened to uh, jazz. So uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that was prevalent with, you know, kids coming out of Weatherford is that we had a, a, a soulfulness about us, and um, uh-huh. we and we love to groove. We love uh, to swing. So, mm-hmm. and, and and tone was always a big deal with us. Everybody had their own individual uh, sound. I mean, when I think about every saxophone player, I mean, <laughs> nobody sounded alike, and uh, yeah. there was something very distinct about every saxophone player coming out of Weatherford. So, and the thing about it. Um, you're a bit, you're a little, you're a little older than me, but one of the things, um, like you went to school, um, and there was a really phenomenal uh, alto player uh, that you, I guess, you were able to uh, hear him and be inspired from. That's like Fred, this guy Fred Jackson. Right. And, yeah, I was a, I was a freshman in high school. And uh, uh, Fred Jackson, he was a senior, man. This, I mean, when I heard him, he changed my life musically. I mean, <laughs> I never, I didn't hear music that way before. I mean, I, I think in in middle school, I took a jazz listening club. You know, I did, there was like a club thing that we would do after school where it was just jazz listening. But I really didn't even know I was going to be involved with uh, jazz music until I, you know, went up to Dunbar High School and I heard Fred Jackson play. And mm-hmm. then he was playing stuff that was just, I mean, to this day, I mean, he, he you know, he, he studied Parker, he studied Dexter, and, I mean, he really had it, had it. you know, it was pretty happening even then as a senior. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and there were some other cats that, you know, we had a jazz band. And, um, I remember Webster College, they came down because they were trying to recruit Fred and some of the other players that were in the band. And so um, the band had, they had, man, that band, I mean, they had cats like Ephraim Owens. They had uh, Whitney Russell, Mm -hmm. uh, Keith Lawson, Fred Sanders, who's also a good friend of mine. Um, Man, there was a lot of happening players in that band, you know, guys that would go on to do some great things in this industry. So um, this was was like the 90s. Right. yeah, in the nineties. Yeah, I would so, say this is probably like ninety two, ninety ninety yeah, ninety two. I graduated so, in ninety five. So I, I graduated in ninety eight. So when I was coming uh into high school, I was hearing things from um you know, players from Dunbar and also Charles Scott was one of the band directors. He was a bassist, phenomenal uh upright bass player who I was able to play um, with at Sardines, this jazz 
restaurant that they had in Fort Worth. And mm-hmm. uh, I met another, um, you know, a saxophone player from 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 uh, Dunbar, Sylvester Jones, and he mm-hmm. would he would come over and turn me on to a lot of stuff that was happening. After he graduated, he went on to Weatherford, and then I went on to Weatherford later too, like in '99. So, but um, you know, all of that background there, you know, it has a lot to do with like what you were saying, you know, how we hear and the taste that we have and, and you know, just feeling, uh, I guess, each other when it comes to musical ideals and and things like that. That's very important when, when uh, you want to have somebody mix and master your music or or work even working the sound for your mute for your for your band and stuff like that. So I just wanted to talk a lot talk a little bit about some of that because, you know, for those people out there listening, they don't know the story behind and the ingredients that kinda of go into, you know, the the music, you know. So so that's 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 good stuff. So so now, like, what what are you doing? Um, you graduated, so you went to Weatherford. And what what did you do after that? Uh, well, I I was at Weatherford about a year and a half, and so after that, um, uh, I went down to San Marcos. And uh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, so uh, yeah, I went down to San Marcos uh, in the ten Southwest. Um, uh, uh, what am I saying? Southwest. Texas. I attended Southwest Tech. Yeah, Southwest Texas State University. <laughs> My mind yeah. was blank, but um, yeah, I was there for about two years, and then I finished out at um, University of North Texas with a bachelor's in uh, jazz studies. Okay, and there you were able to hook up with another friend of ours, uh, Arlington Jones, piano. Yeah, when I so when I was in uh, at Southwest Texas, I knew Fred Sanders and Ephraim Owens. I knew those guys that went down there. Uh, there was another trombone player. His name was uh, David Bowen, and uh-huh. so uh, you know I I knew that they went down there, and I believe I heard them play at IAJE one year. So you know I figured I would you know go ahead and you know go down there, and because I liked the way they. They, they were. It was a pretty swinging band at the time, so I went down there and, and just from you know, I was very fortunate, to, you know, going down there, you know, becoming friends with Fred Sanders and uh, meeting Arlington Jones, who um, yeah, he who was a really a big influence on me at that time. You know, we hung there quite a bit of hanging out, and um, and I think you know it was kind of it was a little bit before that maybe I, I guess it was. It was, I guess, it was about that time when I really started getting serious about playing piano, and um, and so you know, Fred Sanders and Arlington Jones, they would, you know, show me things, and you know, really, uh, they just, you know, took me under their wing. So, and um, also they they had a a, a, um, a sound recording technology program there, so you know, okay. just you know, just hanging out with Fred and hanging out with Ollie. Or Ollie's Arlington Jones, but hanging mm-hmm. out with those guys, we would, you know, um, I would go into the studio and just see some of the things that was 
that they were doing in there and just, uh, you know, just really getting that buzz for wanting to do production. I didn't know I was going to be doing mixing and mastering, but um, I knew I wanted to do songwriting and production. And, you know, prior to that time, I was really only focused on a lot of swing and just, you know, traditional jazz, but that kind of opened me up into doing songwriting and other things outside of just the traditional jazz format. Mm-hmm. And when when um, when we hooked up, um, when I came, I moved back here because I was off at school and stuff. But when I came back in ninety, no, actually two thousand nine, um, shortly after that, that's when we connected and started playing gigs and hanging out, writing music and working on stuff like that. That was when we was in the duplex. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember those days, man. Yeah, yeah I remember those days. Yeah, I think we. I think it was kind of funny. You know, I, I heard about you through the years, but I don't think I. I think I saw you on a couple of Arlington Jones gigs, and we, you know, you know, shook hands and you know just talked briefly or whatever. But I don't think we actually played together until it, it was years later. Um, yeah, it was around about that time when you were li- living over there in Park Hill. So yeah, yeah. And um, it was good. We were able to connect. You know, I uh, when I was in school, um, I had guys that were that were there. As, let's say if I rewind back even to being at Texas Tech, um, it was a uh, piano player that we hooked up and, and worked on stuff all the time. Uh, Johannes from Denmark. He uh. Uh, he would hook up, and some of the other players. Joy Harris was a, a bass player in in, uh, in Lubbock, and uh, we would get together uh, and and practice and go over stuff, and and I would come up with a lot of stuff. But I liked to always have a keyboard on hand to kind of help me uh, add some harmony into some of the stuff I was hearing. And, and later, when I was going to D.C. I hooked up with Alan Johnson, who um, we recorded like two, two, three records together, um, you know, over the next, over those few years. And mm-hmm. so he would help me, you know, with some cards. And, and actually one of the songs that's probably everybody look at once they see it, it's like, what is this? And it's kind of hard to, to, to play over and get the concept down. That's uh, Angelic. That's mm-hmm. that tune that actually uh, DeAndre Schaefer, a piano player and a trumpet player, he plays both. He helped me put changes to that one, and uh, he actually uh, was working there at UDC with Allen. So oh, okay, he, he kind of soaked up a lot of Allen's, you know, hipness. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know the challenge. The challenge of that that tune. <laughs> It's just the the placement of the chords rhythmically, yeah, and uh, and, and trying to you know it, it took you know it, it's it's a, it could be a challenge if you don't you know know it rhythmically or even just how to just kind of phrase over it rhythmically, uh, mm-hmm. just the placement of it, I guess. Right. And so uh, oftentimes when I would try to play that tune, I would be distracted from okay, I'm you know. I'm thinking about where these chords 
where they where they land, you know. Mm-hmm. And trying to trying to get you know get the left hand to work with the right hand, but yeah, that's that's a great tune, man. I didn't I had no idea about that. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked how we were able to add to that same that's Prevail album, Angelic that we're talking about, and you know from us hooking up and practicing during that time. I remember when you we were practicing on sax. You was playing alto, and uh, I was playing tenor, going over stuff. And you played a phrase. You was just playing around. And I was like, wait a minute, there's something in that. So I started hearing. Then we ended up, uh, you know, constructing the whole tune out of that and the bridge. Is like really nice. So, and I pre- I appreciated, uh, you know, working with you to work out some of these uh, some of the songs because you knew what chords needed to to be there. Like I can hear where it should go, and I can hear you know chords to a certain degree. But when you're a piano player, you can you can you know you act, have access to more options of color. I would say. Mm-hmm. And so I liked the the way that one turned out, and it was it was fun because when when I took it up there to D.C. to play with the guys, it's like every time <laughs> we play that song, it's just like everybody would get so excited and inspired. You know? Right? Yeah, I remember hearing some of those uh, those practice takes, man, and I was like, I was floored. I was like, man, these dudes sound like they in a Church of God in Christ church just swinging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> I was like, man, it has it has such a a presence over it when they were right. playing it. And I was like, man, this is this is and, something else here. And that's that's the thing. Like everybody is from you know the church, you know mm-hmm. the, the Pentecostal church. <laughs> so you know it's that worship element that's in 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 us, whereas. We access, we're able to access it and display it within the jazz format. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's just a joy when you have people who come from that in terms of their roots. And so, you know, we have a lot of a space to uh, to maneuver through, you know, as we play with each other, you know. And wow. uh, so, it's always good to have a you know, a team of, of guys who, who understand and feel where you where you coming from and where you wanna go. It's 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 fun, you know. Mm-hmm. So so with this new project forever, the direction that I went in this one, um, it's got groove stuff on there, you know, backbeat kind of smooth stuff, but of course not too smooth. <laughs> uh, uh, definitely not too smooth. <laughs> it's uh, so it's. I would say, what, what would you say? How would you explain uh, the music on this album? I mean, I would say it's soulful. <laughs> I mean, I, I would it's say, I, yeah, it's soulful. I mean, I think you know it. It's you know you you're very you're a soulful cat, and uh, I think you brought some soulful players on the album. And so regardless of what grooves we're playing, 
you know, it's it's still soulful. I, I would say it's um, it's it's rhythmic, it's funky. Uh, so I don't, I wouldn't, you know, it's 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 far from smooth. It's you know, there's it's re, it, you know, now it could be something can be relaxing without it seeming you know cheesy or anything like that. But I would say it's it's, it's you got some things that really relax you. You got some things that really uh, will want to make you dance and hop. Uh, I, I would say it's 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 a very soulful album. And, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I think you, I mean, I think when people hear it and they hear you play, I mean, I, the album. Even though we have all these, uh, we have these different arrangements and these different contexts and things like that. I think one thing that still stands out is the melody, the soulful, uh, the way you played it was soulful, and. Um, just the way you elaborated on it in your solos is very soulful. So I think it, it really sings out, and I think it's going to really, um, you know, it's, it's going to, people are going to grab onto it and really enjoy it. So, mm. And I appreciate that. And, and I, um, in terms of the span of time we're looking at before uh, we released it this year, it was um i think i did a session in 2014 uh at Patrick McGuire studio and the way this stuff works is kind of all over the place the creative process is kind of messy but as you keep going through the journey you you know things start to clear up and get more uh you get a clearer picture of what's supposed to go together <laughs> and how mm-hmm. it's supposed to, you know, all fit. And so we recorded some songs, and uh, out of that session, I think we had like seven tunes or so that I recorded, but I only wanted to use like three of those. And so I ended up redoing some of the stuff that I recorded at that session, and some of the songs that I thought, one particular singer was supposed to be on it. You know, things changed, and I ended up getting another singer, and then I decided, well, you know what? I need to sing on this stuff myself with the vocoder. So in the process, I learned a lot, and it's it's one of those things, like I always say, like I, I like the, the one of my theme verses is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he'll direct direct your path. And so that's exactly right because, you know, you ha- we can have desires and uh, have, have things in mind as to how we want things to go and how we want things to be. But sometimes when you plunge out there and try to do it, your way, sometimes you realize that, wait a minute, it's not saying, it's not to say that it can't be done or it's not supposed to be done. Sometimes it's just not time yet. (laughs) Mm. It's not time yet. And then, you know, the way you learn, well, you learn through the process how God really wants it to be done and how he wants it to be presented. So, I appreciate going through the experience of recording stuff and, of course, the people who uh, 
who I thought was supposed to be on certain things weren't, and then the way I was supposed to record the songs was a little different because that's the thing that I'm used to uh, in terms of recording. I'm, I'm used to going into the studio and just, you know, spending long hours with everybody there, and we just just basically finish the songs <laughs> and just have right. to do overdubs in another session. But this this approach was totally different. Um, one of the uh, things that I did, like I created some uh, tracks. And so one of the tracks, uh, like, yeah, well, I'll tell you about this one track, Easy Does It. So Easy Does It, we had an, an experience when we were playing in D.C. years back with uh, Alan Johnson on keys, Chris Vaughn on bass, and uh, Quincy Phillips on drums. And it was a tune by Joe Henderson called uh, Black Narcissus is in three. So what we did, we did it different. And Quincy, he just started off this groove, and that's how we did, how he did back back then. He would just start mm-hmm. off a groove, and then we would just think of a tune that we could play. And so, I don't know if it was Tim Tim Green who said, "What about Black Narcissus?" And said, "Okay." And so, uh, I started playing a groove or playing something on the Ewe over it, and then Alan just started playing some chords, and then. Chris just got in there, and then it was just like the most killing version of Black Narcissus ever. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sure it was with them, with those heavyweights. I'm sure it was. <laughs> yeah. So this was the first part of the interview that we did, uh, me and Carl, and you can check out the rest of the interview on episode number thirteen. Um, Also, if you want to get a copy of Forever, it is available if you would go to TexasTenorMusic.com. And then you can uh, check it out, the clips, and purchase your physical copy. Uh, Also, you can uh, support us if you enjoy listening to the podcast and would like to support Texas Tenor Music by giving a pledge of any amount uh, monthly. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Texas Tenor. And once you become a patron, you will get uh, some exclusive uh, clips and uh, videos, audio stuff that I would release for you. Um, just as my appreciation for becoming a patron. Okay. All right. So uh, thank you. And we'll see you on the next episode.